Do you crave meaningful conversations with people of different backgrounds and perspectives? Do you admire certain people from afar but wish you can get to know them on a deeper level? Thankfully, we live in an incredible age where long-form conversation allows us to connect with those who inspire us beyond the often manufactured sound bites, small talk, and social media posts we are bombarded with on a daily basis. This is a podcast that seeks to provide you, our listeners, with refreshing content from a variety of inspiring guests, a place where we can truly hear their stories. I'm Karen Corrin, and welcome to Soul Sessions with KK. Hey everyone, this episode is a must listen because if you own a smartphone or an iPad, which is probably 100% of you, you must listen to this show. I interview Colin Karchner of Save the Kids. And he talks to me about the dangers of smartphones and smart tablets for our kids. Now, before you think I'm being all Karen about this, because my name is Karen, and you think I'm just being a hater on all these social media apps, uh uh-uh, this is not about that. In this episode, you will learn why anxiety and depression levels of children have skyrocketed in the last 10 to 12 years. And why seemingly innocent social media apps like TikTok are actual poison for our children's brains. We speak about how all these apps are actually the gateway to pornography, pedophilia, and sex trafficking. Colin and I also discuss the role of the parents and that sometimes we need to make the hard decision to not do what everyone else is doing. If you're a parent, this may be be one of the most important interviews you will listen to. Colin is an expert in this field with a TED Talk with close to 400,000 views on YouTube. And he also is the host of the number three parenting podcast on iTunes and a speaker with 300 to 500 gigs a year. Now, before you go and throw your child's tablet in the garbage, listen to the interview. You're going to discover that Colin's goal is not to frighten you, but to empower you. Saving the kids starts with education and communication, and it starts from the home. But before I introduce Colin, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Neon Blue, a trendy and affordable marketplace for all your home goods and fashion for the whole family. Go to www.neonblue.com. That's N-E-O-N-B-L-E-A-U.com. Subscribe to the email list and save 10% off your first order. Check out at Neon Blue on Instagram as well. And without further ado, I would love to introduce my guest. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Soul Sessions with KK. I'm your host, KK, and as you can see, I lost my voice, but that's okay, because my guest tonight is Colin Karchner. He is the founder of Save the Kids. And I am here with him today to discuss something very, very important that I'm willing to use my voice right now because his message is so important. Colin, thank you for being on my show. It is an honor. Thank you. Wow. Well, thank you. And uh, I think your voice sounds (laughs) awesome. So if anyone gives you trouble for it later, just send them over to me. Just kidding. (laughs) Take a sip, whatever. I'll do, yeah, I'll do all the talking. Just kidding. (laughs) Thank you. So Colin, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell my listeners a little bit about what you do and what you're here to talk about. I'm the founder of what started as just this weird grassroots movement uh, called uh, Save the Kids. I started about three years, uh, two and a half years ago. Um, After I found out that a family member, a really close family member, friend of ours, um, family friend of ours, sorry, uh, had a daughter who uh, we used, that we knew we used to be neighbors. Uh, right when my wife and I first got married and uh, she had two girls and one of them was this cute little eight-year-old named Whitney 
And uh, we didn't have kids yet. So she kind of became like our adopted kid. And we used to take her everywhere and we loved her. Um, and then we moved and I lost contact with the family. And two and a half years ago, on uh, January 19th, uh, 2018, 2017, um, I ran to the 2018, I ran to the mom at the gas station and I hadn't seen her forever. And I freaked out. I was, I'm a loud, obnoxious person. And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you forever. Like, what's new? How's life? How's Whitney? Like, what is she, 19? Is she in college? What is she up to? Tell me everything. And, and she looked at me and she said, oh, um, Whitney died last year. And, uh, and I, was, I, I won't go into a whole lot of detail right now, but I, when I asked her, I said, what happened? She kind of went through, you know, the, she had all these issues with anxiety and depression, which then led her down this like spiral. And she was just so depressed and all these things and uh, led to her taking her own life and <clears throat> dying by suicide. And when I asked her, you know, how this all start, she said, you know, what it all started is when she was 13, I gave her a loaded gun and I didn't show her to use it. And it took her. And I was like, you know, I live in Utah where people like open carry guns at Walmart. So I was like, but really? And she said, no, I, and she pulled out her phone and she said, I gave her a loaded gun and I didn't show her to use it. And it took my kid. And uh, I said, what are you talking about? She told me a story, which I thought really only happened to her daughter. You know, she, you know, I gave her, a, she said, the second I gave her a phone, I lost my kid. I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, she, she changed overnight. She just stopped caring about the things she used to care about. And the light of her eyes was gone quickly. She got obsessed with these apps I never even heard of. And I didn't know what they were. I thought they were fine. And uh, it just, she said, it's like, I lost my child. And, uh, and then it led to, you know, problems with anxiety and depression and self-harming and suicide ideation. And then, you know, she was being very sexually promiscuous. Her mom's like, what happened? Like she's being raised in this very uh, good, you know, religious home where they taught morals. And she's like, what? I'm losing my kid. And, and it all came to end when she decided to end her life when she was 19. So I went on my Instagram account and shared that story. I had, I had a decent following with just uh, with, before I did this and, I, I, I had been talking about how social media had affected us as adults and especially as, as moms. I'm not a mom, but like I, I have a lot of moms who follow me. And, uh, and I told that story and I said, oh my gosh, this happened to uh, this kid. And I got bombarded for about two weeks straight of maybe 1,000 to 2,000 messages per day from other kids, like actual teenagers or young adults saying, you think that's only happening to your friend? No, that, that's, that happened to me. That was, that's happening to me. I, kids messaged me, teenagers messaged me, high schoolers, middle schoolers. I had football coaches and cheer coaches and dance instructors and, and TV talk show hosts and celebrities and athletes all saying, this is happening to my daughter, my son. I had a high schooler message me and she said, I'm going to my seventh or eighth teen suicide funeral in like 16 months. And, and so I started talking. I was just sharing these kids' stories blocking out their names, sharing their stories. And it was all over the place. And it opened this big like Pandora's box. It was all over the news here locally in Salt Lake. And people were like, wait a second, like maybe social media is, you know, we as adults, like I, I didn't even realize because my kids, my oldest at the time was only like 12. She didn't have a smartphone yet and still doesn't thankfully. And, I, uh, and I, I didn't really know that this was really happening to so many kids. I had seen like anxiety, depression, mental health starting to really go up among young people. And I thought it was just because the world's crazy, you know? Um, so hearing from those kids and sharing their messages opened up a big, big conversation. And, uh, and I decided right then I said, you know what, we need to start a movement. We got to save these kids. Um, and so I said, I'm going to just call it save the kids. And I was just sharing stuff. I found doing research and having, uh, the best part was I was able to really create a place where teenagers and middle school kids can message and get their voice heard. So they would message me, they say, Colin, I'm 12. And I get hit up by guys, grown adults on Snapchat all day long, sending me photos of their genitals and asking me for nude photos. And I'm in seventh grade and, and I'd say, hey, have you talked to your mom about this? No way, why not? Because she'll take my phone away. It's like, you're being literally sexually exploited every day on apps that your mom has, that your dad has, that we use for like obviously different reasons. Um, and it's so happening. I'm your sorry. You posed as a seven-year-old just to see. Oh, no, no, I've done that too. No, I, these kids were messaging me, telling me that, you know, Colin, I'm a middle schooler. I have Snapchat and every day grown men message me out of the blue and they ask me for nude pics and I'm 13. Um, or, you know, so, so the kids were sharing it for the first time, I think in a long time, there was a place where teenagers could share really how these devices that they have, that we give them, that we pay for as parents have really been damaging to their mental health. 
Um, and so I've been doing, uh, I started speaking. I got asked to go speak at like youth groups and like uh, then school assemblies. Uh, and I, I put together some presentations that the kids absolutely love because I speak on their level. Um, and the first year, I think I spoke like over 400 times. Last year, it was like 500 times. It's, I mean, I'll go to a city and speak at every middle school and every high school and then do like a two-hour parent night and just share the information because a lot of parents just don't realize that these, these devices aren't just phones and it's not just TikTok. It's not just silly dances. What, can, what it, kids are being exposed to when you give your kid a smartphone is a lot worse than you would imagine. And kids don't really come and tell parents because they're worried that mom's just going to rip their phone away, which is how they talk to their friends. Um, so I'm out to educate, to raise awareness and to hopefully bridge the gap between where parents think they are, their kids are with their social media and with their video games and with, you know, their smartphones and where they really are. Bring that gap closer. So education is the first step to save the kids. Absolutely. Is what you say. So what is the difference? Like when we were growing up, we didn't have the smartphones and the iPads and all these social media apps, but we yep. did have MTV and we had the radio. So yep. that was media too. So yep. how was it any different? I was exposed to MTV videos from the <laughs> age of like 10 years old. Sure. Um, so how is it that the mental health has been worse nowadays as opposed to back in the day in the nineties or yeah. I think uh, there's a lot of reasons. Um, what I think some of the biggest reasons are is that I want you, I mean, you're, you know, we, I was the same way I was raised up, you know, in early nineties, late eighties, MTV, things like that. Uh, the media has always had, you know, some bad stuff in it. Right. Um, MTV back then is like Disney junior compared to what is out there now, right. For what kids right. are being exposed to. But as far as like the big issues, I always ask parents, I say, hey, like, uh, you know, I, I go speak to a group of moms who have like, you know, middle school kids. I say, I want you moms to imagine going back to middle school and having Snapchat. Go back to middle school and imagine having Instagram. Like imagine having to see everyone on the planet, including the Kylie Kendall Jenners and everyone at your school and just be constantly bombarded with like their perfect curated life. They're, they post every per, the perfect photos that have been set up and staged and photoshopped and springed and facetuned and then never see the negative side because no one posts like the bad crap, you know, the crap in their life. And then imagine having to reply and respond and absorb all that and, and feel that pressure of having to keep up. Feel the pressure of having to post and to respond and to comment and to take photos of you you know, to, to fake on this virtual life of what you're, who you are when it's not really who you are in real life. And most of the times when I get a room full of moms together, I say, how many of you would have been okay with Snapchat in middle school? And they, most of them raised their hand and they're like, if I had Instagram and Snapchat in high school, I would have died. Like I wouldn't have survived. And then I say, how many of you give your daughters Snapchat, Instagram and all the hands go up, right? So there's a lot of issues with the anxiety caused from just having to keep up with all of this. We as humans were not created to be able to manage every, just seeing everything in everyone's lives. We weren't, we're not made to do that. Um, we can handle maybe, you know, a couple dozen acquaintances and maybe four or five really good friends, but seeing what everyone's doing all the time um, and just the comparison game. That's what I hear a lot from, especially girls. Social media has been a absolute disaster for our, our girls. And I'm a dad. I have three kids, I have four kids, three are girls. And, uh, and I, I just, I, Oh, good. I can't, yeah. It's already hard enough to be a teen girl today. They are being hypersexualized in every media you can imagine. Not, we're not talking magazines, MTC, MTV. We're talking everywhere. And then they're on these apps where they're trying to, you know, be like everyone else and what's cool, what's relevant, what gets liked, what goes viral. What makes we, you TikTok famous? Exactly. And the things right. that they promote, I mean, no one goes, no girl at 12, 14 goes TikTok famous because they're like, you know, sharing an essay on like equal rights or, I mean, maybe, maybe one or two, but. They see what everyone's doing. It's like, you know, take off half your clothes, get a crop top, throw it back into songs where it's, they're talking about, can you fit it in your mouth? And, you know, these 12, 13 year olds are lip syncing songs that like, throw I'm it like, back. Do you, I, I want to ask moms, like, do you realize that your daughters are like lip syncing to like every F word, N word, P word, like throwing yeah. it back sex stuff? And they're like, no, it's just silly dances. I'm like, actually, it's not. Um, so there's, there's just, the kids got thrown into this as kind of guinea pigs. Um, I don't think social media was even. I mean, we as adults were guinea pigs with this stuff too. Uh, but then all the kids are on it now and it's become the norm that they have it and it's ruining and affecting them, so many of them. Um, so my mission is to go out and educate, wake up parents 
and help them see that there's a better way. And, right. and you don't need to give your kids this stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I personally, when I was growing up, I had a beeper in middle school. You remember the beepers, right? <laughs> I had a beeper in high school, yeah. <laughs> the only beep I got was from like my, my mom. <laughs> I was so popular. Oh, and cool. I didn't get a cell phone, I mean like a flip phone, until I was in 12th grade. Yeah. And a smartphone until I was in college. Yeah. And all of this stuff just came out when I was in college. I was like 2006, 2007. I was like the first person with the iPhone. Yeah. And then when Instagram came out, that's when I noticed my anxiety and, you know, comparison and all of that was rising Yeah. as an adult, as an yeah. adult woman. Yeah, yeah. Like, so if I can't handle it, being on Instagram and Snapchat and all of these apps that you're talking about all day, let alone how does a five-year-old child handle it how uh, they, I, I think every, a lot of parents just got sucked into the notion that like this is just the way it is there's a there's three big excuses I hear from parents a lot is this is just the way it is uh, or they say things like it's not going to happen to my kid or I monitor what they're doing or uh, or I trust them uh, and here's the deal the part of the kids of your kid's brain, if you have children, the brain, their part of their brain that is in charge of making good decisions, executive function, knowing right from wrong, uh, it's not going to be fully baked till 25. So you have these half, literally half brain monkeys in your house that you're handing technology adults can handle. They have half a developed brain at 12, 13. And, and you're wondering why they crash. It's like, why, you know, you give, if I gave my 12, I have a 12 year old too. If I, if I gave her keys to the car and didn't teach her how to drive it, like she's going to crash. Like how, why would, of course I would expect that, but we're doing it with our kids and, and we're throwing them in this mess and, and the, and the apps are getting worse and worse. Uh, and a lot of parents didn't really realize what they were doing. I know parents both have good intentions for the kids. They want the best for the kids, but a lot of them are on the, on the fence now where it's like, you know what? I gave it to her and she's had it for four years. Like I can't just take it away. What do I do? Parents have to step up and parent again. And I know it's hard, but it's like, we can't keep doing these same things uh, and, and see these spikes in anxiety and depression. I, how many moms come up to me and they're smiling, laughing, then you know, when their friends turn away, they're like, uh, all of my kids are depressed on antidepressants and they're struggling, my 16 year old suicidal. Like, what do I do? And I'm like, okay, when did you give her a smartphone? When she was 10. Okay, when did the anxiety happen? When she was 10 and a half. And helping make the, the, the connection between those two things. So. Uh, it's educating, it's, it's waking people up, and it's, and it's telling parents, like, you've got to step up and do what's best for your kids. And stop worrying what all the other neighbor kids are doing, what all their friends' kids are doing, right? Well, her daughters, my, my, the neighbor kids' girls, they all have TikTok, so of course, you know, they're fine. I trust those moms. Then it's going to be fine. Uh, you, can't, you can't do that anymore. Uh, the, those excuses of it's not going to happen to my kid, it will. And I trust my kid. You shouldn't because, again, they're half-brain at that age. And uh, this is just the way it is now. Uh, yes, but it doesn't have to be. And it's going to take work, uh, but you just got to do what's right for your kid instead of what you think is going to make you the cool mom. Right. And what, I mean, what about those moms that say, well, if I don't give her a smartphone or an iPad, because a lot of these moms are saying, they're giving an excuse like, oh, no, I'm not getting a phone. They just have their own iPad. It's yeah. not a smartphone. It's not a smartphone. They have an iPod or an iPad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're saying if I don't give it to them, then all their friends are together doing the TikTok dances or going on Snapchat, and they're all together, and she's left behind. And her being left behind is going to cause her anxiety and depression. I'll tell you this, the anxiety and depression that they'll have by having those devices, and this is scientific now, this is not just Colin saying how he feels. There is research coming out left and right, you just Google it, type in teen anxiety smartphones or teen anxiety social media. There is tons of research showing that the anxiety or depression or the FOMO and all those things uh, that kids would have because they don't have an iPad or for they're not playing Fortnite with their buddies or they're not throwing it back on TikTok with their other friends is 10 times bigger than what it's going to be if you give it to them and if you give them untethered access to this stuff. So I say to parents, listen, kids since the beginning of time have wanted what their friends have. And if their parents, if their friends' parents are the lenient, over lenient, over passive parents who just give their kids everything because, you know, either they checked out or they're, you know, they're too tired or whatever the excuses are. And some of those excuses are valid. Um, 
But if, if that's the way I, I tell parents, say, listen, you got to just talk to your kids, say, listen, uh, if you want to be in a different family, you can go live in that family and have no rules and do whatever you want. And then we're going to be in therapy in six weeks. And then you're going to have some problems just like a lot of these kids do. Um, but in our house, we're going to set proper boundaries and make it a safe place. And then talk to your kids about this stuff. Show them the research, right? Sit down with them and go through my Instagram page where I have thousands of messages from kids like their age saying how Snapchat ruined their life or, you know, how they got hooked to pornography when they were 10 because their dad gave them an iPad um, and how it helped it ruin their childhood and help your kids see that, yeah, it might look fun to be part of the cool group, you know, quote, with all the kids staring at TikTok for six hours a day and filming them doing dances that look like they're fighting away invisible bees or summoning the demons. But um <laughs> It, it's just parents got to put their kids first, right? They got to put their kids, not, not worry more about, I just see too many parents that are worried so much about what all the neighbor moms think and what all the Facebook moms think. And or what the community thinks. What the community and, yeah. thinks, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's going to take pioneers. It's going to take people like, you know, uh, it's going to take a couple moms to get together and say, hey, listen, we're not going to do it this way. And, and, and we need to grab our community. We need to find people who believe this too. And if it takes right. you having to lose some friends out of it, who cares, right? If, if you need to lose, like, I, if I lose friends down the street because we don't do play dates because their boys play Fortnite all day and I'm, my boy's not going to do that, mm. I don't care. And he doesn't, he doesn't really care either. Um, so the, we've had to kind of tighten up. I always, I always look at it like, you know, if there's a battle going on and, you, and you're stuck in this bunker and the enemy is just throwing, lobbing grenades at you, like, who do you want in your bunker, right? Do you, do you want people that are untrained, who don't understand the enemy, who don't get how serious this battle is, who are just going to like walk around their head popped up or what is this, an avocado? Eh, eat it, you know? No, it's a grenade. Right. I want people in my bunker who get it, right? And if that means tightening up a little bit, if that means me sharing and being that awkward parent who's like, hey, did you know, sharing an article with family friends or neighbors, they're like, did you know that TikTok is actually doing this to kids? Or did you know that this is available on Snapchat? And that's, you know, I know our kids all use it. What do you guys think? And finding the people who really get it. Uh, I'm not saying shame the parents who don't, but uh, it's not worth it to me as a dad to let my kids be exposed to horrible things and affect their mental health uh, because I didn't step up and do what was right for them. Right, right. So Colin, let's talk a little bit about TikTok. Nope. I know you have quite a lot to say about it <laughs> and you're a firm believer that children shouldn't be on this app because of you know the crude language, provocative dancing, the violence, hate, all of that. Yeah. But why is TikTok specifically getting more of the hate? You know, how is this different from other social media apps like Snapchat and Instagram, for example? Yeah. Well, the reason I talk a lot about TikTok is because that's the new one. Um, especially for the younger kids. Then the, this next generation of social media users that are now like eight, nine, 10. Uh, five, sorry, five, five actually. <laughs> uh, TikTok Happy. is their Instagram or their Snapchat. So a lot of these kids do sadly get it Snapchat too. And, and by far, and if you talk to any detective and internet crimes against children departments and you say what is the worst app ever created in the history of mankind for teenagers and kids they will all say snapchat number one that was the absolute worst thing ever created but tiktok's coming in very close to second place right now and here's the deal yes you can set up parental controls where it helps you a little bit and yes you can keep your kids account set private yeah that's what everybody says it's private it's private okay exactly. what does that mean so that means that the creepo pedophiles can't like message or comment on their on their videos, but what are your kids being exposed to? I always tell moms uh, and dads, I always talk about moms, so I just say moms. Um, I always tell moms, hey, uh, when they say, hey, you know, my daughter wants to be on TikTok or she's on TikTok, like, is, is it bad? Like, what's wrong with it? And I always say, okay, well, why don't you pull it up on your phone right now? Pull up your TikTok. I know you have, if your daughter has, I'm sure you do too. Why don't you pull it up and look through it? And they're like, well, I don't have it. I'm like, okay, there's problem number one. Your kid's spending hours a day in a place it's virtual, yeah, but let, let me tell you what these apps are. So imagine that your daughters and their friends are all going to this like busted up house in the neighborhood that's playing loud music and it's all boarded up and there's like creepy people walking in and walking out and there's graffiti all over the walls and you're like, oh, our kids all go there for like two to six hours a day. And, it's, and they tell us that they're just doing silly dances. Wouldn't you, as a parent want to go in and walk around and just see for yourself like what's in there. Uh, so I tell parents, make sure if anything that you first download the app, 
go on the For You page and start scrolling. Um, you will see, if you haven't done this already, uh, you don't even have to set up an account. You can just download TikTok, put it on your phone. You don't even need an account. Just go to the For You page and start scrolling. So that's the page where they show just random stuff. Well, all, this, all the TikTok viral stuff, what, you know, TikTok, and you can't control it. So this is what your kids can see. Um, and within seconds, you are going to realize why this app is not good for kids. Uh, I'm not just talking about explicit content and adult content. I'm talking about pretty much everything sketchy that you could ever imagine. And TikTok uses their algorithms to supposedly show you more about the things you like. But the issue is, is that you're sending your kid to a movie theater and the movie theater person says, okay, well, I don't know what movie you want to watch. So I'm going to show you everything we've got. And then you tell me what you like. So here's a sex scene, a porno scene. Here is a rape scene. Here is uh, this scene. Here's this. Here's a xenophobic scene. Here's where they're doing homophobic slurs. Here's where there's a bunch of half-naked girls dancing sexually. Here's a guy fishing. Oh, I like the fishing one. Okay, cool. Let's show you some more fishing. But in the meantime, here's more garbage. Um, so go on the app, right? Parents, don't be afraid of it. Don't be like, oh, my daughter has TikTok and I don't really care. It's her thing and I will never get it. Go on it. Scroll through it. Look through it. See what your kids are being exposed to. Um, if you thought, if you thought MTV in like 92 was like a little shocking for our day, like this is going to blow your mind. Um, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. Cause you know, you're saying all of this, but I do know a lot of moms who let their kids go on their TikTok accounts mm -hmm. or they do the TikToks with their girls. Yeah. And I find a lot of moms who think it's so cute. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so adorable. It's so cute. <laughs> like that so fun. Cute. I'm watching yeah. it. I see the same things they're doing. I'm going doing it with the trend. I feel like the parents wanna kind of be like their kids. Yeah, yeah. Well And they don't the, mind about all the other stuff. Like they do the dances with the N word in yeah, it with I their know. kids. Those are the worst. I've seen yeah. too many of those of, of parents laughing while they're dancing with their kids, like, you know, lip syncing the N word and lip syncing all these F words and thinking it's funny. Yeah. Uh, so let's say, you know what? Some of that's cool. Some of that's harmless fun, right? Um, my issues and a lot of people issues with this. And when I talk to kids and if you want, go on my Instagram, go to my TikTok highlights. I've got four of them now and read post and comment after comment from girls saying TikTok made me get an eating disorder. Uh, TikTok caused my anorexia. TikTok caused me to hate myself. TikTok caused me to start self-harming. And then read what these girls are saying. Um, when you're seven, eight, nine, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and the brain's not quite the maturity, you don't really care what people think about you. You're just like a little tiny kid. Uh, yeah, it's just funny and silly. But when you get to the point where now you're starting to worry about what people think, and uh, you get into those like you know sixth grade, seventh grade, uh, especially for girls. Uh, the thing that, that TikTok is doing to all these girls is teaching them a couple things. Number one, uh, same thing Instagram did to a lot of us is it taught girls that uh, if you don't look a certain way, if you don't act a certain way, uh, then you're not, you don't have value, right? You don't have worth. So they see, oh, I post, okay. So they see one of these TikTok famous girls who's like a size double zero, who's barely wearing any clothes, who's doing the dance, and they see, oh my gosh, she dancing like that, dressing like that, mouthing the F word or the N word, just got 1.7 million likes. And then your six-year-old does it or your 12-year-old does it, and they do the same thing and they get four likes. And they're like, wait a second, this isn't right. Like, what, how, what do I need to do to get more likes, more dopamine, right? More follows, right? More follows. And you see them. So what do they do? They start dancing more sexually or they start doing more sketchy stuff because that's what TikTok promotes to their For You page is the really sketchy stuff. So these little girls that are now teenage girls that have been using this stuff, you will see how fast they grow up. You'll see them start changing their hair, asking for makeup, asking for clothes that you didn't wear until you were in college. And, and if you go on TikTok, you'll see these Wearing belly shirts. Everything's in a crop shot, yeah. Yeah, you'll everything. See, you'll, you'll see kids that are like, are these 19, 20 year old college girls? And they're like 12, 13. Yeah, All booty shorts. Like, yes. Right. So one thing, a friend of mine who's uh, named Dr. Lexi Kite, she's a PhD in like body image. She runs this account on Instagram called Beauty Redefined, which is super oh, good. Oh, I love them. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Lexi and Lindsay, two twins. Amazing. Uh, she said that these apps, especially TikTok, what they do is they teach girls that they exist for the viewing pleasure of other people, that they are not human beings, but just humans being looked at. Um, and, and, and that's how our society has been with girls for a long time. 
you know, you, you the old magazines even, you got to look like this, you got to be skinny, get, you know, lose the weight, whatever it is to be sexy, to be, to have value. Um, and so I think when you put your little kids in TikTok when they're young, and I mean, I'm talking six, 12, it doesn't matter. Um, they're learning something very quickly, which is a very bad thing to learn, which is I uh, exist for everyone else's viewing pleasure. I need to do things a certain way which aren't against or against who I think I am. I need to change who I am. I need to act a certain way. I need to look differently uh, to be, to have value. Um, and how many girls have messaged me? You can read their messages. Like I share them. I block their name out. It's all over my Instagram where they're saying, you know, being on TikTok was the worst thing ever. One girl told me, she said, TikTok was the worst thing that happened to me besides my family members dying. Uh, and I asked why, and she's like, because I would go on there and I just see everyone doing their thing and all their videos of these famous people. And I was like, I hate my ears. I hate my nose. I hate my laugh. I need to lose weight in my chin. I need to lose weight here. I need to cut my shirt. So it's shorter. Um, and yeah, it's, horrible. It, it's horrible and it's hard because adults fall into it too. Uh, yeah. so again, like how does a 12 year old have a chance <clears throat> if this is something that can affect grown adults with fully functioned brains, you know? Exactly. Um, so I know one of the reasons you're against children on TikTok is because they mimic what they see. They lose yeah. their childhood. Um, you know, instead of them watching PBS kids, a very child appropriate show like Daniel Tiger's neighborhood, they're, <laughs> you know, they're singing songs with the N word, P word, F word. Yeah. Um, so I understand why it's poisonous for their brains, but can you go into the other dangers of apps like TikTok and how it's a gateway to pornography, pedophilia, yeah. and uh, sex trafficking. Yeah. So uh, as far as the first part of that, um, let me share a message that I got from a high school boy. He said that he had been struggling with pornography since he was like 10 when he got an iPad. And to answer that, to go back to when you said, oh, I have friends and neighbors that say my kid doesn't have a smartphone, they just have an iPod or an iPad. Let me, let me right. tell you this, I'm holding yeah. up my phone right now. This iPhone that I'm holding my hand, which you can't see, why, stop calling this a phone, okay, parents? This is not a phone. Your kid has never made a phone call on their phone, right? Oh, exactly. The phone is the least used app on their screen. So if it's a, a, an iPod and an iPad are just smartphones that don't have the call function. They're, everything else is out there. Um, so back to what I was saying. He said, uh, I got addicted to pornography when I was like 10, uh, horrible stuff, hit it from my parents. Um, and then finally told them when I was like 16 and he said, so I threw out Snapchat, I, I disabled my browser. But then when TikTok came out, I got on that because all my friends were right. And he said, he said, quote, TikTok was my, was gateway back to porn. Um, it does, listen up, it, I'm a guy. It doesn't take much for a 10, 12, 14 year old boy to get curious, to want to go look at pornography. Um, and the apps like TikTok, especially and Instagram and Snapchat, um, and Reddit and Twitter, they have pornographic material on there. Um, you can watch porn on Twitter. You can watch. You can watch Facebook. it on Snapchat too. I know there's easy access. Instagram, you can watch it. It's all on there. Um, and it doesn't take much. I mean, it, you, you give a boy a magazine and, his, and it's just girls in bikinis. That's enough. And then to spark the curiosity to say, I need to go look at porn. Um, these apps are, are all gateway porn. Um, I, I would bet that if you went to like the big porn sites, the porn hubs and the U porns, and you looked at their metrics to see where, where were the people when they came, when they came to your site, where were they just barely? Like, what was the step before that? I would be surprised if it wasn't mostly social media apps. Um, so pornography, it, Instagram a year and a half ago, uh, when I checked, uh, there was an article that came out that said that Instagram was the number one social media. This is before TikTok got famous. Instagram was the number one social media app where kids were exposed to pornography. Um, and not just social media app, like the, that was the number one place. It wasn't on porn sites. So you can block down the browser and say, hey, my kids not gonna look at porn, but they have Instagram, Snapchat, or TikTok. They're going to find it. Um, as far as the exploitation of kids, um, I, I did a big thing the last couple of days, uh, last couple of weeks about uh, going undercover and finding out, you know, child sex, uh, pedophile counts and uh, people who are exploiting kids. Uh, I found countless accounts just on Instagram where uh, pedophiles were taking photos they found that other moms had posted of their daughters in swimsuits, of their daughters in leotards, their little dance girls doing leg ups, you know, um, and just showing all the girly parts behind a little thin leotard. 
And they would take those photos off Instagram and put them on a private account where then pedophiles were just commenting like, you know, the tongue emoji or the whatever saying they're literally like pleasuring themselves with the stuff. And so, but how do they find the private accounts if it's private? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Parents, if you're going to show photos of your kids, keep the account private. Okay. And see who's following you. Um, There's a lot of accounts where parents are like, Oh, you know, my daughter, she's a cheerleader and we're trying to get her promoted or she's a dancer. And I, and I monitor the account and then I go on the account and I say, Hey, I just went on your follower page. Or I said, you know, if it's private, add me real quick. And I go on their follower page and I'm like, Hey, cause I know how to scope these guys out. Um, I was like, Hey, I, I, I looked for like six seconds and found like 14 guys that are all pedophiles watching your daughter. They're like, Oh, I had no idea. So wow. keep your accounts private, but just realize that there's a lot of people on Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. There's a lot of creeps out there. Basically wherever kids are and kids are all on social media on these apps, those apps are smoke signals to pedophiles. They know where the kids are. It's just like the old, I mean, before this, it was parks, right? And it was the pedophiles had to get in a van and, and get some candy and try and lure these kids in. They don't even have to leave their bedroom anymore. And kids are being extorted and exploited and, and abused in their own bedrooms by people who don't even live in their same country or in their same state. Um, I was able to expose a lot of different uh, accounts on Instagram that were doing this, um, uh, accounts on Instagram that were trading child pornography photos on their Instagram accounts. Uh, smoked out a bunch of accounts on Instagram that were uh, literally uh, selling child pornography. Like, you know, they'd say, message me, uh, follow me, and then message me, and I will trade links. They trade, they trade photos of kids like it's baseball cards. Uh, and then when you look at Snapchat, which is just, of course, the worst, because that's where all the predators, they exploit kids on there. They set up a fake account with your daughter or your son in your neighborhood, and they say uh, they find a photo of a boy or a girl that looks like them. And they just start talking, you know, they, Hey, what are you into? You know, I live by you. I'm your age. And they're not, they're 45 year old men in Chicago or in LA or who knows where a lot of kids and in good areas, like where you live with parents who care and good tight communities or these kids are getting exploited in their rooms by Snapchat. And as far as TikTok, um, if I'm a pedophile, okay, this is a weird starter. If I'm a pedophile and I want to watch a endless supply of young girls dancing, sexy and half naked outfits, pedophile that's where they go (laughs) pedophile disney world is tiktok i don't even have to pay for it this is like this is free disneyland for pedophile they can just set up a fake account and they can just watch they have to set a fake account um there's other apps like that there's one called likey if you uh if your kids has one likey with two e's it's like like l-i-k-e-e never heard Uh, of it this is an app that's like it's basically a knockoff of tiktok where it is 10 times even worse uh as far as little kids on there doing videos uh, and, and pedophiles don't even hide it on there. They literally comment right there. They're like, Hey, call me. Here's my number. Or, Hey, message me. Or, Hey, uh, sexy mama. And you look at the photo of the guy and he's like 65 or something. Oh God. So I hate to scare everyone, but here's the deal. Um, these apps aren't what they used to be. Uh, you know, when Instagram came out, we we're all like, Oh, this is so fun. I can take pictures of my food and like put a filter on it. Woo-hoo. Right. <laughs> no, it, it's not like that anymore. It's not like that anymore. Um, there's everything out there, pornography, there's sex predators, they're on these apps and parents, like it does not matter how hard you teach your kids and how hard you educate them or how good of a kid they are. You know, a lot of kids that tell me that are struggling with this stuff say, I put on even a faker persona for my mom and for my dad because I, I need to uphold the image that I'm the perfect kid so they don't ask me to look at my phone and then see I've been selling nude photos to boys at school and I'm 15. Um, so kids are good at hiding it. And so parents, something else I noticed, you said that even if your kid's account is private, it's still dangerous also because a kid who's on TikTok wants to have followers, wants to show the amount of followers. So I like request to be a lot of kids friends on TikTok. Like I'm friends with them. I see them. They request, like they accept me as a friend Right right away. So like anyone can pose as a child Super and like, easy. okay, it's a kid. I'm going to accept them. Big deal. Yeah. And they're not. And a lot of times, so, so here's kind of a good rule of thumb for parents. Uh, an app or a video game that allows the ability to chat with strangers should be dead on arrival. Uh, you know, I'm talking the video games where they can chat with strangers like Roblox. If you've got, you know, if it's not set to private Fortnite, where they can talk to anyone they want, if it's not private, 
Instagram, they can talk to anyone they want. If it's not, you know, all these apps that allow the ability for them to talk to strangers are no-goes. Um, and here's the deal. Like, I, I want parents to realize this too. If we, all of us adults, all of us parents, like, I don't know why we shame the kids that they're doing this stuff. Why are my kids on Snapchat? He's such an idiot. He just posted a photo and he got expelled from school. Or my daughter's on Snapchat and she's doing this. Or she's on Instagram and she's doing this. If, if all of us adults had these apps where we were in high school, we'd all be in jail too, right? I mean, let's, let's be honest, right? We're giving kids right. access to technology that most adults can handle and they're half brain there ready mature wise. They're gonna be stupid. They're gonna do stupid stuff. They're gonna accept someone who shows interest in them, who says, hey, I love your video. That was so hot. Oh, what? Someone likes me. I'm going to friend this person. I don't know who they are, but the photo of them looks like they're my age. And then he starts messaging them back and forth and says, hey, send me a photo of you. Or here's a photo of me, which isn't them, of course. And here's a video of me in my underwear. Send me one of you. Kids are even well-trained, educated kids can fall into these traps, especially if they're bored, if they have their phone in their bedroom, if they're looking for a rush, they're going to fall into some of these traps. And the thing is, is the predators know that. They know kids. They know how to manipulate them. Uh, I have read the texts that uh, predators have sent kids that have got kids to send them nude photos of themselves. And they, these people are so good at manipulating kids. They know exactly how they work, how they function, what works. I have seen texts that kids have sent me that said, hey, this guy calling, I need your help. This guy, I thought he was my age and he's now demanding me to send money. He's going to exploit me. He said he's going to share all the photos I shared. I shouldn't have done it. I wasn't thinking. My mom's going to kill me if she finds out. And the, and he literally is saying in one of these texts, he's saying, if you don't send me 2000 bucks by Friday and here's how you do it, go get a gift card, send it through Amazon, whatever it was. Uh, he said, I'm going to not just expose your photos and videos to all of your friends and your family, but I know where you live because I'm on Snapchat and Snapchat has snap maps where I can track you. And they'll say like, I know you live at 32, you know, East Long Island Parkway, apartment 2A, because I follow you on Snapchat and Snapchat lets people track them on the snap maps. And they said, I'm going to come and murder your family. Now oh to you and me, God. like we hear that, we're like, yeah, right. This guy's an idiot. Like there's no way this can happen. Right, right. But if you're 12, like a 13 year old girl and someone says that to you, you're going to do whatever they say. Oh yeah. You know, of course. And it's, it's so sad. I, I wish we could just take every creep and every pedophile and just throw them in a volcano and just like fix it all right then. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's, it's happening. Parents, don't be afraid of it. Wake up, talk to your kids, have open conversations. You know, you've got to monitor what they're doing. I don't, I don't, I don't tell parents to like read deleted texts and do, they go too crazy, but you've got to monitor what they're doing on social media. Get some kind of app like Bark or RPACT where you can, you know, it can flag keywords. So if someone's talking about sexting or nude photos or bullying, like it'll flag it. And then you can talk to your kid and just make sure they're okay. Um, we're, we're putting kids on motorcycles that go 200 miles an hour with no helmet and no shoes and no pads. And we're like, have fun. I had a motorcycle when I was your age, but that motorcycle went like two miles an hour. And it, it you know, it's things right. have changed. Colin, what can you tell the parents whose kids have had their smartphones or the uh -huh. iPads or whatever you call it for quite some time now? Like how can yeah. we, how can they start the conversation? Yeah. Like, I feel like I don't want parents to listen to this interview and after they listen to it, they go yeah, right away to the kids room, yank their phone <laughs> and say, you're not listening to this anymore. You're not yeah. watching this. I heard a guy talk. Give me your phone. We're done. We're going Amish. Yeah. <laughs> so let me, let me so tell what you. what should we tell them? So here's what you don't want to do. Okay. Uh, when I do parent nights, I literally open the slide. My first slide, I say, every parent here, stand up and repeat my pledge. And they're like, okay, what am I doing? Okay, put your hand on your heart, wherever you want it. And the line says, I put in your name, do solemnly swear when I'm finished hearing Colin speak, will not go straight home and chuck their iPad into a river or light their Xbox on fire. And I go, all right, sit down. And they're like, okay, phew. And, <laughs> because that's what parents do. Parents, they knee jerk, right? They're like, they, they hear something's affecting their kid in the wrong way and they knee jerk and they throw it away. And I'm gonna tell you parents, I cannot tell you how many uh, kids that I've talked to parents who we have lost as young as 11 to suicide. And the mom said, we got in a fight and I argued with my daughter and I took her phone away and she went and died by, she hung herself. 
or she died. And she's like, how on earth could my, it was just a phone. I'm like, it's not just a phone to these kids. If you gave it to them too early. Now, if your kid's seven, eight, nine, ten, you can just pull it away and you're going to be okay and say, look, mommy learned her, learned this stuff and we're going to make some changes. Let's go get ice cream. We're going to make a new, whatever. Um, if you have those kids that are old, older, and you, they've had these things for years and you know that they're obsessed with them and it's, it's so important to them. Um, and if you are worried that they would hurt themselves or you or others by taking it away, do not touch it. Don't go rip it away. Uh, you've got to have conversations and just easy conversations like, hey, um, I just want to talk to you because I've been learning some things about this technology and about your phone and smartphones in general and what it, how it's affecting me as your mom even. Um, and just start talking. Like, talk to me about the apps you're on and how do those make you feel, Right. I know you're on Snapchat a lot. Tell me what streaks are, right? Ask your kids what those are. Those are the thing that makes every kid come into Snapchat at least twice a day because they got to keep their streaks going with their friends. It's the stupidest thing ever created. Yeah, uh, I heard of that. Have these conversations. You know, sit down with your daughter and pull up TikTok and go through it and look at the videos and ask, hey, th these three girls, the crop tops that are dancing like this, shaking their booty, throwing it, you know, throwing it back. Like, what do you, what do you think uh, when you see that, right? What, what, is that, what, is, what is that video saying to the world about those girls? Like, what, do you, what is the message that you think they're trying to share? And just have good conversations with your kids about this stuff. Um, so don't rip it away right away. You're going to cause problems. Um, and then you're going to lose trust and they'll just hide it from you. They'll get a friend. Or they from might call you a Karen. Or they might call you a Karen or okay, boomer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if, if the best advice I can give parents... Uh, besides, don't just rip it away. If they're young, you can do it and you're going to be fine. If they're sucked into it, you've got to start slowly, like wean them off like a drug. Uh, there's a really great book to teach you how to do that called Reset Your Child's Brain. It's by Dr. Victoria Dunkley. He's on the East Coast. And she, it's like 12 steps. She literally tells you step by step how to slowly wean your kid off the video games or off the iPad or the smartphone. It's really good. Um, but the best advice that I can give parents is before you freak out, and go scream at your kids because they're gaming too much or they're on their phone too much or they're on TikTok too long. Um, if you want to get the most mileage out of you as a parent with this stuff, um, look at your own screen time first. Look at your social media use. Look how much you are on your phone. Um, look at, take a week and don't say anything to your kids about their stuff. And just notice how many times you pulled out in front of them. You know, when you pick them up from school, are, you, are your eyes on your kid or are you looking at your phone, looking at Facebook? Um, at dinner, is everyone looking at their phones? Are you, are you checking Twitter? Are you asking your kid about their day? Um, when you're in their presence, are they saying, mom, 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 and they're giving up and they're leaving because you're sucked into a Netflix thing on your iPad. Um, look at your digital behavior, your social media behavior first. Um, look at what you post, right? have a good conversation with yourself and be like, Hey, am I, am I out there posting thirst traps too to the world as a mom? Like, I mean, the thirst trap is like, you know, when a person posts like a really sexy photo cause they're thirsty for whatever. Right. Um, as a mom, as a dad, like, am I out there using social media to boost up my, my fragile self-esteem? Cause if I am, my kids are, cause like you said, and I love how you said it, kids, kids, they mimic us, right? They don't yeah. hear us. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so do something with yourself. Uh, I did this a couple years ago. Uh, when I had my TEDx talk, uh, you can go watch. I tell the story how my sixth grader, who's now in seventh grade, um, she was really struggling at home. Like she was the defiant child. She was always mad when she came home and I couldn't figure out why. My wife couldn't figure out why. And she just seemed grumpy. We're like, why is she so mad? But at school, she was like the best kid ever. Uh, our teacher during parent-teacher conference was like, oh my gosh, your daughter Quincy, I love to death. She is the best student in class. I, I actually gave her the best helper award this month. And I'm like, please tell me you have two Quincy's because there's no way that's our kid. Um, I went home a couple of days later and I was thinking about this and I came home one day after work and my daughter Quincy was like hitting her brother and smacking her sister and yelling at mom. And she's like this tiny little sixth grader. Um, and I went there and I slammed the door and I freaked out. I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you so mad all the time? Like, why are you so good at school and at home you do this? Uh, and she looked at me and she was crying and she said word for word, she said, why do you love your phone more than you love me? I'm crying. <laughs> and I was like, what? Uh, we're, no, we're talking about your behavior at home. What are you talking about? She's like, why do you love your phone so much? You're always on it. And I was like, wait, what? She's like, you're always on it. I was like, 
well, yeah, like daddy's working sometimes and, you know, daddy's doing work stuff. Like, do you want to go to Disneyland one day? I got to talk to clients. Like, you know, that dance class you're, I'm paying for, like, I, you know, I'm crushing digital candy too, but you know, you know, and I realized right then that it does not matter to your kids what you're doing on here. Yeah. If you're on your phone, checking Facebook or you're like solving world hunger, it, your kids don't care and they don't know. Um, and all they see is that that phone means more to my mom than I do. I think that everything our kids are doing on smartphones, video games is just a symptom of a bigger problem we have is that we're losing connection. We're losing community. Uh, 20 years ago, your kids could go walk outside and play all day and parents were out walking around and kids could just come home and the lights went on and, you know, dad would put his big sausage fingers in his mouth and whistle that screech whistle like a velociraptor and every kid came running home with their bike and, and we took that all away from kids. Uh, you know, how many kids, parents, they tell me like, I, I want to go home and play with my family, but I come home and I was like, go in your room and get on your iPad and leave me alone because at least I know you're safe and you're not doing drugs or something, right? Right, um, right. This is just a symptom of a lack of connection. And that starts in the home. What I did that next day is I went and bought a flip phone. So I have a smartphone that I use for work and I have a dumb phone that I use when I'm at home. Uh, it's the same phone number. I've got it T-Mobile. You can have two phones with the same phone number. And when we go to dinner and when we go out, when I go to a soccer game, like I'm not looking at my phone ever. Um, we put it away. We leave it in the car if I have my smartphone with me. And I'm going to tell you this, like within days, my kids' entire personality changed at home. Wow. wow. The defiance was gone. The anger was gone. The tantrums, the lashing out. I realized right then that she... Uh, needed what I wasn't giving her, which is uh, looking her in the face, talking to her, asking questions and connecting. Um, the acronym we use is ATM, like an ATM machine. They need attention, they need touch, and they need movement. Um, I love that. I, I wasn't attention, touch, movement. ATM. So your parents, you're the ATM machine, right? You every day need to make sure you're giving your kids, and it doesn't need to be a lot. If you've got three, four kids and you're like, I don't got time to spend 30 minutes with a kid. Like I have 20 minutes before I we're going to bed. Even if it's three minutes of just laying in the bed next to your kid and saying, hey, back scratch time, tell me about your day. And a little bit of touch or if it's like going on outside and just play with a soccer ball for five minutes with your kid. Uh, those, those are the little things that we're not doing enough of that are creating the connection our kids need and the reason why they're going to their phones and they're going to TikTok and they're going to Snapchat is because they need to be seen and heard and loved. And if they don't get that at home, they've got to get it somewhere. And if they don't get it at home, the easiest way to get that is by posting a throwback video on TikTok or shaking their booty on Snapchat or sending a nude pic to a guy who's asking for one. It's not the best form of connection. It's not the best dopamine. It's not the best ATM. But like to a kid, it's at least something. Wow, Colin, this was very, very difficult for me to hear it, but at the same time, very inspiring. I'm so moved. I'm so touched by what you said. Like I actually started crying when you told me about what your daughter said to you because I can resonate with that. And I'm sure a lot of parents can resonate with that. Um, Colin, I just I have one last question for you because I know we're running out of time. We're living in a post-corona world, a very, very different world. You know, pre-corona, I... I could say with confidence that my, my children weren't really on screens. Mm -hmm. You know, they came home from school, we went to the park, they did their homework, we really bonded. Yeah. But, you know, as you know, after the lockdown, everything changed. Yeah. My children have become like <laughs> screen machines. Yeah. They always have to be on the screen because their school required them to be on the Zoom, YouTube, all this stuff. So what, you know, what kind of message can you give to parents today in post-corona world? How we can, you know, have that balance, you know, that connection yeah. with our family, but also if we're, if we're in lockdown, connecting with the world. Sure. Uh, it is definitely a different time. Um, my first response to that is for parents listening, understand uh, that this is not a period. This is a comma. Um, this is all going to pass. And this is just a moment. And I like looking at moments 
uh, with like two angles. Um, can I, there, there are people that are going to come out of this Corona, the same, like neighbors and people that live down the street, they're going to come out of this and they have absolutely thrived. They've connected even more. They've grown. They've become stronger from this. And there's going to be a lot of people that this is going to destroy them. It's going to ruin everything, right? Uh, and what's the difference? I think a lot of it is your attitude going into it. So if you go into the attitude, and I got four kids. Now, luckily, we're in Utah where people like don't believe in science for some reason. And so like the kids, my kids are in school all day full time. I'm like, okay, well, I can't wait for two weeks when the outbreak hits and then they're all back in my house for now. Um, so it's different, but you know, there's a lot of places, all of Las Vegas, which I have a lot of friends there, they're the entire city of Las Vegas. Every kid just got issued a school laptop and they're online five days a week in a city where most parents both work. Um, and so that's going to be a disaster, but go into it with a good attitude and talk to your kids and say, listen, kiddos, like, let's get together. Let's circle the troops. Um, this moment right now is different, isn't it? Right. This is weird. You, you know, let's, let's address their, the fears they're not telling you, which is like, this sucks and it's weird. You know, I've got to do four hours a day on Zoom calls. Like, I can't see my friends. Like, I can't leave the house. I got to wear this stupid mask. Like, what's the point? Um, I, you know, we can't hang out and it's been months now. Have those, you know, you've got to be a coach as the parent, right? You, you, your, your team is struggling. You, you're trying to make the playoffs and they need a coach to come in and say, we can do this and we're going to make it happen. And it's going to be, it's going to be okay. You know, uh, kids are resilient. They are more resilient than we are. And if anyone's going to come out better and okay out of this whole Corona, it's going to be the, the young people. If anyone's struggling, it's me and my wife. My kids are fine, right? Um, so to have a really good attitude going into it. Number two, um, bring your kids to the table, have those conversations, right? Talk about it and address their anxieties, address how sucky it is and give them a voice. When they say this sucks, be like, you know what? You're right. This sucks so bad. Connor, what sucks the most about it to you? Caitlin, you tell me what sucks the, you know, let them express being humans. Um, and then I think as far as the screen time stuff that separate screen and digital protein from like digital candy. Um, the digital protein is schoolwork and, you know, watching the documentary and doing their assignments and doing the crappy, stupid Zoom calls, whatever it is. Uh, get those done. Those are a lot different than just scrolling TikTok for four hours or scrolling Snapchat for four hours. And so I would say to parents, start setting up some schedules and some boundaries and say, okay, you're going to have Zoom calls or Zoom, you know, online from like nine to one every day. Holy crap. Um, we're going to get up every hour if parents are home, if not set the standards so the kids do it, you know, call them and see how they're doing every hour, get up. You're going to run across the street. You're going to bounce up a ball. You're going to, you know, eat something so you don't get cranky, you know, put some water in your eyes and then let's go back to the next class. Um, and, and make sure that we don't let the digital candy. I mean, if, if your kids are already on an iPad or a video game or on a, you know, a social media for like three, four hours a day, and now they're on school four hours a day, we can't keep up the three, four hours a day of this digital candy. So we've got to start setting some limits. You know, you can have a half hour, a half hour on Snapchat, talk to your friends and get off. You know, half hour in Fortnite, play one or two of those little things, then get off and let's go do fun stuff. Um, so have a good attitude. Talk to your kids. Let them have a voice. Set some good boundaries. Um, make sure you please get a proper filter for the house Wi-Fi. Uh, one I really like is called Eero, which is E-E-R-O, Eero routers, um, which will block most of, uh, potentially pornographic material from sneaking into the computers, uh, adult content, you know, you want to make sure, and, and it's really tough for kids to get around, um, put, put up some blocks, you know, and some parental control apps, things like that. But, uh, but even I, with I, all the parental controls, they can find ways around it always. Yes. So we need Understand. to have a conversation, right? Uh, I had a kid tell me once, he said, well, my parents don't know is that all those filters and blocks they put on my phone or my, I, my Xbox are just fences. For us like we just find ways to get on there are youtube videos showing kids how to get over all of your screen time blocks showing kids how to get over all the apps how to i mean i've had i've had middle school kids i say hey you know if you bring your phone to school and they're like oh we're not allowed to i just bring anyways i'm like okay how do you get on the school wi-fi then he's like oh you can't get the school wi-fi because it's blocked i'm like so what do you do it's like oh we just all download a vpn off the off apple uh, off the you know the, the app store and then we download a vpn and we just jump the firewall and we got on the we got on the wi-fi i'm like these kids are ninjas right yeah they're always going to be a one step ahead have the conversation with them right. you know tell them hey let's just be transparent with each other i'm not going to get mad i'm not going to rip your phone away but if i find you're hiding stuff then we're gonna have a problem so come to me and be honest and be open. If you saw something bad, tell me about it. 
if you're exposed to something bad, tell me about it. One thing we do at our house, which is awesome, and I suggest every family house do this, especially if you have younger kids, yeah. uh, create something what we call in my house called the no trouble bubble, which is just a place in the house. It could be a chair in the bedroom or a little corner of the house and tell your kids, say, hey, that, see that little chair over there? We're calling that the no trouble bubble. And that is a place where if you need to talk to mommy or daddy about something, maybe you saw something when you were doing a class or a Zoom, or maybe you heard something that you weren't sure about, or maybe you saw something at a friend's house, or maybe something popped up on your iPad playing a game and you knew it was bad. If you say, hey mom, I need to go to the no trouble bubble, um, you can go there and ask me anything, and I promise you I'm not gonna get mad, I'm not gonna yell, I'm not gonna shame, I'm not gonna, there's, you can tell me anything and I'm gonna teach, and I'm gonna listen, and, and you're creating a safe space for your kids who are going to be exposed to crap. They're going to. It's going to happen. It doesn't matter how many filters you put on. It does not matter. It's, they're going to be exposed to something bad. And they need to know that they can come to you and that you're going to be okay with it. So when they do and they say, hey, mom, I need to come to the no, you know, the no whatever. I need to go to the no trouble bubble. And they're 13 or 12 or nine. And they're like, oh, uh, I was on TikTok and a guy said this, F and F and N word this. And what does that mean? You can't freak out at them and be like, how dare you, right? You've got to sit, take a breath and be like, okay, well, let's talk about this and why that's bad and why we don't, you know, do that, say those words and here's what they mean. And let's just make sure, you know, if they know they can go to you and you're not going to get mad, they're going to keep coming back. Yeah. The reason why kids are going to TikTok and to pornography and to Snapchat to learn about this stuff they hear about is because they might've gone to mom and asked her or dad and mom and dad freaked out. And they said, I don't want to do that ever again. Uh, so I will go on Snapchat or Reddit or Twitter and learn this stuff. And you do not want the Kardashians teaching your girls about body image. And you do not want the TikTok famous people to teach your kids about, you know, racism or about homophobia. Relationships. No, you do right. not want TikTok. TikTok will dismantle all of the morals you've taught your kid in two days. Yeah. Everything you've said, we believe this in our home. We believe this in our family. We, you know, we treat people with respect. We believe in this. We, they're going to go on TikTok and everything that you've taught them will be thwarted in days. Um, so just understand, have a place where your kids can talk to you about it. And then they'll keep coming to you. My biggest fear yeah. is my kids don't want to talk to me about stuff because I freak out. Uh, so I stopped freaking out a long time ago. My kids literally know, my daughter, at the end of, before Corona hit, uh, my, when she was nine, she came to me one day and she's like, dad, I need to go to the bubble. And I love that. Cause I'm always like, Oh, what, what happened? I love that. I'm going to implement and, that. Thank you. And she, and she goes, dad, what does the word rat mean? And I was like, Oh, okay. You, <laughs> finally, you finally heard this word. Well, let's talk about that. And you know, and I she looked like, all right, dad. And she knows she can talk to me about anything. My dad wasn't like that. He, right. he freaked out if I messed up at anything. And he taught me by his freakouts that I can't tell him anything and I need to hide it better. I think a lot of people in that generation were raised like that and that's how they treated us. Yes. So we got to change the past, you know, take the good things you learn from your parents and then tweak the bad things they taught you and don't keep yes. passing the horrible stuff to our kids. Wow. Wow. Colin, there's like so much more I want to talk to you about, but <laughs> we are running out of time. But please, can you tell the audience, the listeners, yeah. where else they can find you and learning more about what you do? So go follow my Instagram account because it is loaded with just so much stuff, good stuff, uh, eye-opening stuff, informational stuff. It's just my name, at Collins, uh, with two L's, Colin Karchner with a K. You can find it, uh, just Colin Karcher. Uh, you can check out Instagram. I have, uh, since COVID, since I'm not speaking on stage, I started a podcast, which is yes. just called the Colin Karcher Podcast. And there's a bunch of stuff where I interview parenting experts and experts on pornography. I, I, and my favorite part is I interview every third or fourth podcast, a room full of teenagers. And oh, we call I love it that. And I, and I have three high school kids and I'm like, all right, let's talk about Snapchat. Okay, what's going on with it? How are kids doing it? What are they using it for? What do parents need to know? Those are literally better than any parenting book you could ever read. Uh, so you can follow the podcast. You can listen there. Everything's free. Instagram's free. Everything's on there. Um, I don't have any courses or anything like that to, to sell or books to sell. Um, and you have which, a TED Talk. Tell everybody about your TED Talk. Go to YouTube and just type in my name, uh, Colin Karchner TED Talk. That was uh, in TEDx Salt Lake uh, 2018. If, 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 if a first start, like what do you want to do first? Go watch that first. Yeah. Uh, before you go follow me, before you go to the podcast, before you start emailing me all the questions and freaking out about stuff, <laughs> uh, go watch the TED first. Okay, great. 
Colin, thank you so much for your time, for educating us, for your wisdom. I am sure this interview on my podcast will really enlighten and empower parents about smartphones, smart tablets, whatever you want to call it. Thank you so much again. It was really a pleasure. Thank my you. Book. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to Soul Sessions with KK. The goal of this podcast is to awaken your soul to different perspectives, perspectives that might be very, very different from yours. And I really, really admire the quote from Pierre K. Avot, Ethics of the Fathers, that says, who is wise? The one who learns from others. That is the goal of this show, for us to learn from other people, because that's what makes us wiser and better people. Anyway, it would mean the world to me if you can leave a review on my podcast. And also, if you want to learn more about what I do, you can check out my Instagram page at coach.kk. See you later. Thank you.